Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast TNT. Here with your host, Therese Finney and Tyler Layfield. Layfield. Let's go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good to to be back on, man. I know, man. It's incredible, boy. I'll tell you this one thing. You know, things are starting to pick back up. Sports this past weekend has been incredible. You had, obviously, the UFC. You had – there's a lot of things with the NBA starting back up. Um, Baseball is also in that um, vicinity of starting back up. Uh, And I see some football teams also talking about getting ready to start a training camp. So, um, there's a lot of things that are getting ready to start back up, and I cannot wait to see what the fall brings, you know, especially – well, not even the fall, just next month, you know. so Exactly. but the first topic we want to start off with today is MLB uh, baseball. Yeah, so yeah, we actually just got the the news a lot before we actually started this, so we're recording this uh, Monday, June eighth, uh, here in the evening, and just got some word that the uh, MLB Player Association uh, is going to reject MLB's recent offer, um, the seventy six game proposal. Um, but there's some optimism coming out of this that um, MLB is quote unquote, according to the Athletic increasingly likely to be played in 2020. So that's some good news out there for uh, for our friends out there, the big baseball guys, uh, Kiever, Tanner, all you guys out there that are, you know, real big into baseball. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that for your guys' sake. Uh, so that's good to hear. I'm just, you know, like I, like I was saying, you know, before we started this, but, um, you know, it's just good to see sports coming back. You know, it's, yeah. it's something to take our minds off of all the, the mess that's going on in the world right now, you know, an escape. So, um, you always like to hear um, good, optimistic stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 been really big, you know. Get an opportunity, get ready to see a lot of these sports come back, you know, especially with everything that's going on with the world. You know, hopefully things get better uh, with the coronavirus, obviously, and also things get better with the quality. So um, there won't be a lot of this things this type of things coming up in the near future. You know, we'll get back on our regular uh, occasional sports, you know, for each year, you know, be excited because, you know, it's really around this time we should be getting excited for the NBA finals, you know, seeing the team get ready to go against the other. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I, I agree. I agree. But since we're talking about around the NBA finals time, yes. it'll be good to see what is going to happen with these NBA standings. Yeah, oh, man, I'm, I'm looking at them and, Right now, I'm looking at the uh, East and the West, and boy, there's a lot of competitive teams, especially in the West. I mean, Tyler said before the broadcast, you know, <laughs> freaking Wizards are in there just to, just to be in there. They're just trying to yeah. be even. <laughs> little respect. <laughs> hey, Bradley Bill, we didn't give you an all-star. You know, we didn't make you an all-star this year. But, hey, here's your, here, we're going to throw you a bone, give you a chance to make the playoffs, right? Yeah, I see Wizards got no chance at all. <laughs> but – but with looking at the West, on the West side, I mean, everything is really interesting. I mean, first off, you got the Grizzlies who have the AC, you know, John Moran and those boys. They're one game under 500. But, I mean, now, do I see the Grizzlies having a chance to take the seventh seed? I don't. Uh, the Mavericks? Uh, go Mavs. I'm Mavs fan. But, oh, okay. <laughs> when did that happen? I'm a big Nurk Novinsky fan. Okay. When I play basketball, all you see is a fadeaway man. Uh-huh. Kick, kick the so, knee up. Yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> right. God, I love all that. right. He's my favorite player. But 
but yes, but I'm so happy for Lucas. So uh, you know, I yes. love the math. I'm glad. I'm glad we made that trade. <laughs> yeah, not right. saying Trey Young is not that good, but I'm just happy we made that. He's he's grown on me. Uh, just to tell yeah. that 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 night, I was um not that I'm a big Atlanta Hawks fan, but that night I was really hoping for Luca. I figured it wasn't going to happen because you heard all the rumors they're going to try to yeah get Trey, and and they did, but um. I don't know. I, I can see it working. I mean, you hear different takes. Both guys are great. You know, we're, we're, again, we're yeah, both guys are great. Yeah, it's hard to compare them both, but um, they're they're both great respectively. We'll we'll see who ends up working out in the end, though. I I like the um, I like it. It's, yeah, it's the next will. rivalry. They got a long career up and coming. So yeah, yeah, you're right. They got a long career. I just thought the advantage sli- slightly went to Luca because yeah. he formerly played in a league. And he was just turning what nineteen, twenty years old. So yeah, he was always playing a league. Yeah, so yeah, it just you know I just thought that was the advantage on Most that definitely. part. But I mean, we'll see you in the end. But yes, back to what I was saying with the Mavericks. Yes, they're forty and twenty-seven, and the Grizzlies are seven games behind with a thirty-two and thirty-three record. So I don't see the Grizzlies really catching up to that, especially they only play eight games. Unless the Mavericks lose every single one of those games, which I truly doubt. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see it happening. Um, two, you got the Trailblazers right behind them. I mean, mm-hmm. the Trailblazers have a lot of things. Damian Litter, CJ McCollum. Um, dang, I'm trying to think. Carmelo Anthony. So yeah. Hassan Whiteside, Yusuf Nurkic coming back uh, from Hassan, the injuries. Yes. So if anybody can make a run, I think they have a better chance at making a run for that AC more than the Pelicans. Now, I know if you want to talk about ratings, if you want to talk about stardom, future, yes, everybody is on the Zion Williamson bandwagon. And I would, look, and I would like to see Zion play yeah. LeBron in the first in the first round. Now, I think we all automatically know who's going to win, obviously mm-hmm. the Lakers, but it would be great to see, you know, it was, it was it have that same feeling of when Jordan played Kobe. You know, it's like the the passing on, like, okay, yeah. your league now. To see that with LeBron. That little Zion. Pelican boy. You better watch yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be great to see, you know, with a Zion-LeBron type NBA playoff, you know. And mm-hmm. not only that, but it'll add more to the mystique if Zion is able to get them to the playoffs after missing nearly the entire season. Yeah. Come back. And the way that he has played, I mean – what he's averaging, I think, what, like 16, 17 points per game, somewhere around that area? Yeah. Um, like, I think, what, eight, seven rebounds? I mean, he's consistent. He's playing. Big you hustle know, guy. I, big hustle guy, yes. Now, I love Zion, uh, how he plays. So, that'll be great to see. Um, the next team they have behind here is the Kings. And it's, it's a tight race between all three of those. It's a tight right race. There. It is tight. Yeah. It's hard for me to see the Kings. I just – I just have no faith in them, you know, because it's only so 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 much room for error. I mean, you lose one game, you're basically in trouble because I don't see the Grizzlies losing every game. I don't see the Trailblazers losing every game. Like those mm-hmm. those things are tough. And the same thing with the Spurs. I mean, the Spurs have not missed the playoffs since 1998. Um, and oh, but hey, but hey, have you heard the recent news about the Spurs though today? What, what happened? Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge is is not going to be able to play. He just had surgery. So he will not be playing with them in the in the um the playing games here. Well, now, well, 
the San Antonio Spurs will not no longer make the playoffs since 2020. So, because they're not yeah. making the playoffs at all. No, no. But hey, we're, we're going to see. Uh, I, I am interested to see how they're going to run this offense, though. I want to see. Uh, I guess they're going to let DeMar DeRozan just kind of do his thing. I, it, it will be interesting seeing that. I've never been a huge DeMar DeRozan like follower, uh, but it'll be just. It'll be kind of cool, I guess, seeing him get some free reign. All right, go out there, make some plays, do your thing, see if you can keep us in the game. It just depends on really who they're playing and everything. And one thing I'll, I'll mention here, too, that I was reading up on uh, that Woj dropped is that um, they're not necessarily going to be going off of, um, like, how many uh, how many games you're behind from the eighth seed. It's going to be based off of win percentage. So that's something to keep in mind when it comes to these teams because – um, it's pretty it's pretty tight right now. I mean, you got um, – when you're looking at the, the win percentages here, you got the Kings at 438, the Pelicans at 438, and uh, the Trailblazers at 439. So, yeah, tight, tight race right there. That is. And the Grizzlies at is at um, 492. Yes. So, I mean, the Grizzlies obviously have the biggest advantage, mm-hmm. but all it takes is two losses, and you're right back where they are. Exactly. <laughs> I mean – it's, it's so crazy how close this race is. I mean, it's so much talent in the West. The West is, like I said from the beginning, now I think the Bucks can beat some of these teams if they make the finals from that side. Mm-hmm. But if you want to look at the the totality of the West, I think whoever comes out the West is the champ, you know, in my opinion. Definitely now, I, think it's the, I think the Lakers have the best chance. I think they have the best team overall. Mm-hmm. The Clippers have the best chances of throwing the Lakers. There's so much depth, the bench, great defense all around. Yeah. So, but and also they say do not, do not bypass those Nuggets. They are a sneaky team for us. Mm-hmm. They a sneaky team to be a third seed in the West. It's crazy, but yes, they are a sneaky team. Uh, they have so many well with Jamal Murray, Nik- uh, Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I want and, I want to see Jokic really get mean. I want to see him. You know what I'm saying. I want to yeah. see him get aggressive. He's he still hasn't yeah. got to that point yet. Where um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I really respect his game. Um, I, I he plays it differently than a lot of big men. But he's kind of got that Carl Anthony Towns kind of factor where I'm just like, come on, man, you're you're a big guy. You know, man up. You know, uh, bang some bodies, get down low, and you know, get get down in there, and get make the rebounds, make the hustle plays, and everything like that. And every now and then. He just uh, – he doesn't have that aggressiveness that I want to see. And um, until he gets that, I don't, I don't know if, you know, where their their ceiling is, you know. So um, – you're, you're right on that. You know, you're right. right on that. You're right on that. Um, you're right. And everybody is still looking for it, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I think, you know, him having a second year, another year – I mean, you got their – technically their big three, Jamal Murray, uh, Jokic, and uh, Paul Millsap. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna gel well, really, uh, really good together. And don't be shocked if you don't see a Lakers Clippers Western Conference Finals, because the Nuggets ain't no slouch, and they could <laughs> potentially upset the Clippers. I mean, in seven games, I can see that series going seven games if they if they beat the Houston Rockets in the first round. That's the first thing. I mean, yeah. the, right now the Rockets are the six seed, so the Nuggets will have to play the Rockets first. And ain't gonna lie, you know. <laughs> And to this day, a Westbrook and James Harden team is no team you can just say, I'm going to run. So that series might go seven or six itself. Yeah. So it's going to be tight. You know, it's going to be really tight. And I want to throw out a shout-out and credit to Chris Paul for the Thunder. He has the Thunders as the fifth seed right now, and a lot of people doubted him. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, if you want to make a case, like point guard to point guard, I mean, 
look what Chris Paul doing with the Thunder compared to what Russell Westbrook doing. Yes, Westbrook yeah. had the MVP, triple-double king, congratulations. But it's about leading the team, and he mm-hmm. got them as a, in the fifth seed in the hardest conference in the NBA. So uh, props to Chris Paul for that. He's a great leader. He's proven that time and time again. And, um, yeah. you know, if you, any teams out there really looking for a veteran, uh, you, you can find, you know, hardly anybody better than in Chris Paul. He's going to be a, a big trade piece this offseason. I, I don't know if they're going to end up dealing him or not, but if they do, they should be able to cash in pretty well with, uh, with him. Big time. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but really, uh, so one more thing to add. Uh, I mean, this was a couple weeks ago. Um, that I'd seen this, but uh, but Bogdanovich. I know this isn't like that big of a deal, but Bogdanovich. I think it's uh, it's Bojan, the one that came from the Pacers mm-hmm. that pushed LeBron to seven games in uh in the first round of the Eastern play- Eastern Conference playoffs a couple years ago yeah. when he was in Cleveland. Um, he was mm-hmm. on the the Jazz this year, and he's actually done for the for the uh, season as well. So just another jazz. injury piece. Um, yeah, and the Jazz are fourth seed, so they, mm-hmm. I mean. It's gonna be really interesting. I mean, like this, this, this long layoff period, it could affect some teams from what they originally could have done in the playoffs. I mean, it's gonna be really interesting to see. So they're gonna I, need yeah. to be careful coming back. Get yourself yeah. in shape. Don't get injured. Yes. Who do you have realistically making the eight seed though? Like I, I know right now the Grizzlies are there. Obviously, we you know we got Trailblazers, Pelicans, and Kings fighting for that last spot as well, and they're they're really close. But who do you really, at the end of the day, who do you see there? To be honest, I mean, who if I had to put money on it besides the Grizzlies. Now, if I had to say who I, I think I, I'm pitting my money on, who I think will be there, yes, I think the Grizzlies will be the AC. But a team that is fighting for the AC that is not there already, I said the best chance to me will probably be the Trailblazers right after. I mean, yeah. they have the talent. They have the playoff pedigree. They know what to do. When the pressure gets tough, I mean, we're talking about a team that was just in the Western Conference Finals last year. So, yeah, um, they know what it takes, especially in big-time games. And they beat the Nuggets in seven games last year in the, uh, on the road, seven game, uh, game seven on the road. So Yeah, that's a good series. I trust C.J. McCollum. I trust a Damian Lillard over, you know, a few guys that's got one or one to two years in the league and rookies, you know. So And then also throw in Camaro Anthony. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I worry about with Trailblazers their defense. Their defense is their uh, has been their downfall. You know yeah. they haven't been some of the best defensive teams in the league. Uh, but and plus they're actually out of all the teams that are in playoff contention, they give up the most points per game out of all mm-hmm. of them. So uh, sorry, second most. Um, the Pelicans is number one. That's why I really can't trust the Pelicans too much. But second most is uh, the Trailblazers and. I just think I think they have enough on the offensive end, but defensive end is gonna key. It just depends on who they play in these eight games. That's all. Yeah, that's what matters the most. It's true. Um, they, they definitely have the makeup to do it. I, if I had to put my money anywhere, I would go Trailblazers. I think that um, and, and like you said, it all kind of depends on how these uh, these eight games that they're gonna all play before we kick into the actual playoffs. Um, how those are played out, like who they're gonna be actually playing and everything, but um. I, I don't know. It'd be hard to go against them. They got, you know, like you said, they got Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. I think I think they have Trevor Reza, I want to say, uh, Carmelo. Um, they got Nurkic, Whiteside. So those are two great bigs. I, I don't want to see them. Like, as as a guy that wants LeBron to to win it all this year, I don't want to see them first round. I'd rather see the Grizzlies, honestly. I want to play yeah. that young team that has no experience, that doesn't know what they're doing when it comes to these kinds of situations. 
I want right. to see them first round. And, you know, they very well could do it. They have the talent. You know, they, they've been building up. They've been stockpiling talent for these past couple of years. And um, I love the the young guy they have now, John Morant. So, um, I could definitely see it. But, man, it's just hard to go against uh, the Trailblazers here. I don't – I'm kind of like you. I don't believe in the Kings, really. Pelicans could do it. It just depends on yeah. – um, Really, the, the veteran leadership they had there. I mean, you still got guys like right. Redick, Holiday. Can they lift those those young guys up? Can they can they push them? Can they motivate them and inspire them to, you know, reach another limit? But um, we're we're about to see how how that goes down. You're right about that. You you truly you're truly right. Because looking at it now, I mean, if the Lakers, you know, I'll, I'll say nobody has ever had this long of a layoff in the middle of the season. It never happened in NBA history. Mm-hmm. So. There's no such thing as uh, uh, have the experience on this. There's no experience. But like you said, veteran leadership. And like a, like you said, a bunch of rookies with this long layoff, what have they been doing? Now, yes, yeah. they're late. they can spring up into their stuff just like that. The older guys, they got to slowly get back into it. They ain't you no know, just go outside and We're, we're going to see – hey, we're going to quickly find out who's who's been putting in some work and who ain't. Yeah, I, I think we're, we're going to really find it out soon. Yes, sir. You're right about that. Yes. Well, man, so, man, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so is that all you kind of wanted to cover with the the playoffs here before we uh, move on to UFC? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no um, yeah. So we actually had some some news come out. Was it was it yesterday or the day before about McGregor? Um, actually, the day of the fight. The day of. It was late at night. Um, Conor McGregor had announced that he was retiring. Which um, is his third time in two years. So, unless I don't know what the word retirement means anymore, um, we just must mean a, another break. Come on, man. We, we grew up with the uh, with Brett Farr in our childhood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. We it isn't like the Farr. first time we've seen this man. And Darren oh, Sproles, he's been doing oh, this Darren, for the past like yeah. three, four years. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong on this. You're right because uh, yeah, <laughs> I've heard this. I'm retired stuff over and over again. Uh-huh. So now we have a some type of thing against Dana White. Uh, you got Conor McGregor has so-called retired. You have John Jones that said he is retired. And you have Jorge Masvidal who said he is retired. So you have three big-name guys saying they're retired. And this is all basically over money and big fight things that's going on. Now – do I believe UFC fighters should be paid more? Yes, because the money that the UFC makes is too much, and they only get like 2 to 3% of what these people make at the get. That is crazy to me that these guys don't get paid more than that. But besides that, if we're looking at it right now, if there was any, any other time that they should have been protesting against not getting paid enough money, should have been probably before the coronavirus. Because right now, I can side with Dana White. Now, I'm not siding with him any other time because, mm-hmm. yes, these fighters deserve to get paid. But right now, yes, I side with Dana White. And the reason why I side with Dana White is because there's no fans. There's no there's no gate. There's no paying to come watch. I mean, they're coming in to fight, and they're making their money from ESPN and off the pay-per-view. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like They're not making their money besides anything else. And let's be honest, we all know it's – how many people actually buy the pay-per-view compared to – now, Now their, their first time they had a UFC event, they had uh, 800,000 buys. But with 
to type technology today, a lot of people going over each other's houses, watching it together, yeah. or the free streams. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna make the same money you would. Guilty. <laughs> You're not gonna make the same amount of money you would make with having the fans come there, and that's obvious. So them throwing on a pity patty right now is not really the best time, and to me, not the best look because nobody is making that type of money anyway. How are you going to ask for $5 million or $10 million a fight when they don't even produce probably that much? Well, I'm, I'm going to take that back. They do produce probably that much, but I don't yeah. know if they're going to produce probably that much to give that to multiple fighters because you try to make the best card. And then obviously you got all these big-time fighters that are looking for belts and looking to fight each other. I mean, there's a lot of competition going on in the UFC. Yeah, and there's a, and the names are starting to grow, and you start yeah. a lot of getting, getting a lot of big time. Names. If you pay one, you have to pay the other, because if one or the other, if the other generates more buys, why does he get paid as much? Why is he getting the same starter? So, all this with the Conor McGregor retiring, I dude, you're not gonna retire. He's talked about. He said he couldn't find the big money fight. He said that the UFC should have had him fight Gaethje instead of Gaethje fighting Khabib first. And everything would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But Connor, let's go back. You the one that picked Cowboy over Gaethje. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Wow. See, he the one that made that decision to take Cowboy over Gaethje. And let's be honest. Now he probably didn't want another Gaethje at that moment. Exactly, because yeah. he wanted a tune-up fight. Uh-huh. And yes, it was it a tune-up. Yeah, it was because everybody easy knew Connor was gonna win. Yes, because Cowboy was coming off two degree losses. So everybody knew Connor was going to come in, and hopefully, will we didn't know because he hadn't fought in over two years. But yeah, everybody had a good guess that he's going to come in and be pretty, pretty dominant. I, I didn't, I didn't see any doubt in my mind that Connor was going to lose. Mm-hmm. But for him to come in and fight Gaethje off the bat, that would see that would have stood out. And then the Tony Ferguson fight would have never happened. Mm-hmm. Connor could have easily stepped in and fought Tony Ferguson for the interim lightweight. Um, uh, light, uh, lightweight championship. And then right now, we could be easily talking about the Khabib versus Gaethje. I mean, Khabib versus Connor right now. Wow. But no, he wanted to take the easy fight. And so his, his retirement is just, I don't know. Yeah, it's let wild. me ask you this, because I'm seeing some people, um, you know, on Twitter talking about, and you, you briefly mentioned it, but how they're building these fights. So from what I'm hearing, uh, people are kind of mad about how, how much control Dana has over who gets this fight, who gets that fight. I, and I understand that it's kind of based off of um, generating revenue. I can understand that from a business standpoint, you want to get big name versus big name. But obviously, from a fighter standpoint, you think, obviously, because, you know, they, they – they know the game better than we do, I, I would assume. And they, you know, a lot of them may think that, oh, so-and-so should be able to go against, uh, you know, like a Connor or, or you know, whoever, Tony Ferguson, Gaethje, any, anything like that. They might have somebody in mind that they think deserves that opportunity better. Um, what do you have to say about that? Um, the way I, I think about it is, is Data wants to make the best fight to make the most money. So he wants to be – First business aspect, then in the fighter's best interest, and then who what's going to make the most money. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it from those three interests, I say business-wise, anytime you have Conor McGregor on the card, because of the way he talks, because of the way he carries himself, his swag, yeah, he's going to generate all the lead-up. Yeah, it's just the build-up. John Jones, 
Uh, I mean, those guys. Uh, I mean, Jorge Masvidal is as of now. Israel Andesanya. I mean, mm-hmm. these guys are starting to become names upon names. So when you hear these guys' names, it turns your head. Anything that turns the head, okay, ooh, I got to watch these guys. Like, ooh, I got to, okay. And now, all of these guys wants to get paid more. Yeah. But, but see, this is the thing. If you have a star in the UFC, you don't want them losing a lot. Because when they start losing a lot of fights, they start to no longer become the star. They, they just become a has-been. That what happened to Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva was a big-time fight. Every, when, every, when Anderson yeah. Silva fought – it was a must-watch if you was an MMA fan. Mm-hmm. Now it's come to the point he got old. He's washed. Started losing four or five in a row. And he was old. Yeah, washed up. So it's not the same. He's not going to generate the same amount of money as he did previously. He still has and, the name, just just not the stuff to back it up. Yeah, the, na- the name of bring in – yes, that's right. The name yeah. of bring it in. But it's not it's enough still. for like a main – main event fight right you know what exactly I'm it's not maybe, maybe they can make the card but you know and that that'll well, draw people has, but. where has there was that talk where innocent silver was considering the fight conor mcgregor yeah um you know in a big time super fight but that's not a fight you really take because i mean let's be honest Anderson silver hasn't done nothing his last few fights and i think conor would easily thrax him it wouldn't be close so just have to come to terms with reality right yeah, I mean, you don't got old, but you know, <laughs> it, it ain't the same no more. You can't do all those head feints and mm-hmm. all that moving around and throwing your arms up and taunting while you fight because you're gonna get caught, and that cost him a championship. It's Chris Wyman. He throws throwing his head and ducking and taunting uh, and Wyman caught with a hook. I actually, yeah, I remember seeing uh, highlights of that. Yeah, he so, was sitting there trying to talk trash and he ended up getting popped because of it. Yeah, get popped. Yeah, so and. and <laughs> That's just that's just my take on how Dana does business. But mm-hmm. It's 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 interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see going forward. All these guys that say they're retired, once that big fight that makes I, I tell you this, when fans come back, none of these guys are retired. Yeah. I assure you. When the fans get back in the arena, none of these guys are, are retired. Not at all. And it could be soon. We're we're starting to see a lot of stuff open up. I mean, freaking Vegas was packed out this week. People not even wearing yeah, masks and stuff. So I mean, we're not. It's seeing like any... coronavirus never even happened. Exactly. No, nothing's <laughs> happening out of these protests. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm over, bro. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so what did you think about this weekend's fights? Uh, you you have any um any reviews for us on some of these fights? I was able to watch one of the uh one of the prelim fights, and that was um the Minifield and Clark one, and then I was able to watch all of the main card, but uh. You want to briefly summarize some of these for us? And uh, I'll give my take, of course, on the one prelim that I saw. Well, first, I'm going to go over the Herbert Burns one. Um, okay. I thought that was incredible. It's a mission game. I mean, the whole Burns family is really good at jiu-jitsu, and their ground game is amongst the best. So that's props for the Burns family to have two um, two brothers back-to-back, you know, mm-hmm. win on back-to-back weeks. So imagine how that family feels to know that they're, you know, the father and their mother like dang my son just won back to back at back to back wins on the biggest promotion in MMA. So yeah I think that's a that's a first big first round submission, right? Yes, first round submission. Yes. And then I think, you got, think we all we all got that pick right too on our on our pick. Oh yeah we there. picked Herbert yes. I, I that's what I, I literally said in the last podcast. I said I see no way that both bro I mean this brother's gonna lose. I mean he's trying to yeah. match his brother. So I I don't see it. 
Um, the Alonzo Minifield, Devin Clark, um, great fight overall. Mm-hmm hard-hitting big boys going at it i mean for them yeah. the only way the look they don't weigh 205 in my opinion you know they they make weight at 205 but in the fight these guys are easily 225 230. They, yeah i'm about to say minifield is freaking huge dude minifield is a freaking unit six foot yes there's no way you weigh 200 that's a freaking incredible hulk out there man <laughs> exactly but i'm gonna say this Minifield and Clark. Uh, Minifield, he was he got exposed. Going the cardio in. got exposed, man. Yes, none of his fight has went past the uh, two minute mark of the second round. So, in that fight, which you saw what he did to his previous nine opponents, more reason why he was undefeated on first round finishes, and mm-hmm. he had Devin Clark on his heels. He. I, he had Devin Clark stumbling. Like, it was – Exactly. I'm literally sitting there watching and saying, it is over. The yeah. It's over. Ex- same here. Same, I'm like, same oh, reaction. another great pick. You know, it is over with. There's no chance this guy's winning. And then, like, he just, like, held back and stopped. I mean Did, – Didn't he try Devin to – he tried to get him in, like, some type of hold or something for a second. It's like he, yeah. he wasn't even thinking about striking at the, at the time. Exactly. It's like he tried to start wrestling later on. Like, that ain't his game. He'll have him stumbling, and then he'll try to take him down or something. But – I'm like, keep welling on him because the referee eventually yeah. will step in if he's not defending himself. So I thought Devin Clark, uh, props to Devin Clark for willing to, to be able to take that onslaught. Exactly. And to continue and those elbows and those leg kicks. I mean, he stayed consistent in that fight. So I Wait, really I think the, the sh- when you compare the amount of strikes, significant strikes, uh, Clark mm-hmm. blew him out the water, I want to say. Like, he did. With everything he, did. he was throwing at him. Uh, Minifield wanted to, kept wanting to clinch up and just slow things yeah, down. So That first round, Minifield had the fight. Like it was over. I don't even know how it kept going. But this could have. Hey, this can end up being a being a blessing in disguise for Minifield, though. You know, it sometimes you just need that that kick in the butt. To, you know, hey, you need to work on this. Uh, for him, it's probably cardio. You know, or you need to work on some other areas of your game. You're not gonna be able to knock everybody out in the first round. So. That's right. And plus, he's nine and one. I mean, we got to think mm-hmm. about that. So you're nine and one as a pro. You don't fault some of the best in the world. You're in the best company in the world. So let, let's sit back. Yes, you took your first loss. So be it. Now let's get back and let's get back on this train. You know what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And I think, and like you said, we over here talking about how big he is. We probably need to slim it down Lighten a, little up a little bit. bit. Lighten up a little bit because you're swole. He was thick. That man was a strong yeah. guy. He probably added more of that to his power. Because guys like that, they mm-hmm. usually do have a lot of power. But it's only so long. I mean, that muscle endurance, that's the biggest thing. Muscle endurance is a big thing, especially any fighting sport. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, it was a good fight. Uh, I didn't get to see the rest of these, of uh, the prelims, so you can fly through these real quick and just uh, kind of give your takes on them and we'll get to the main card. Well, there was a lot of different things that going on in the um, prelim. I mean, we saw the Scotty, uh, Cody Stanman. Um, I'm big props to him. Uh-huh. Um, his, his 18-year-old brother had uh, passed away, and for him to come in and fight that way, I say that's phenomenal. I went with him on my pick, too. Yes, I, I said the same thing. I uh-huh. said, you know, to have that motivating you, you it's just different. You know, it's just yeah. different. And you know, when you when you fight, I'm not saying none of these guys are fighting for nothing because they obviously are. But when you have that extra thing to add on top of that, that extra mm-hmm. layer, I'm fighting for my family. You you fight different. You know. Yes. And that man was a man on a mission, and I'm like, I have so a, excited. I, I have a quote like here in my room: "He who has a why to live for can bear almost any how." 
he had a See, big now, wide that night. Nah, that's a perfect quote. I he like had a that. big wide that that night. So yeah, he had a big good. wide, you know, big time. Saw the emotions right after. Mm-hmm. So that that was that was really incredible. Um, the but I mean the preliminary there was some good ones. I mean Charles Bird disappointed me. I did not expect him. Mm-hmm. But then again, his his record shows to what he's thirteen and seven, and he did not come out like that at all. He got destroyed by Marky Pitalodi. Um in uh Hensick versus Gerald uh Merskart. He uh Gerald he disappointed me too. I mean, yeah. God, I did not I mean he just got destroyed. <laughs> but it is what it is. I mean you're not gonna be on your best day. I mean he got knocked out instantly. I mean he barely threw a kick in. I mean I don't think he mm. I think he only threw like five strikes. So that wasn't even much of a fight to watch in the first place. Um you said Hooper Alex, needs to work on his, his stand-up game, right? Yes, yes. Alex, yes, Sincera. Yes, Chase Hooper striking game is what cost him in that fight against Alex. Um, Alex was tagging him. I'm going to credit this to Chase Hooper. He has a chin on him. That boy was taking rights on that boy. He was getting hit. Mm-hmm. Like one time he got hit so hard he stumbled back and fell. Like he got, it was a knockdown. Yeah, but he kept moving forward, and he really Chase Hooper was like the aggressor in this fight. But every time he kept trying to put him in a hole, he kept trying to uh, you know what, um, get in a tie up, you know, get in some mission holes. But Chase Hooper really, for one, he probably need to work on the takedown better. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a long, lengthy guy. I know about those type of guys in wrestling. You know, a lot of yeah. those guys they're not they like to get top and bottom. They don't really care for the stand up game. You know, and his hands, not saying he ain't got no knockout power. That's the reason why he's 9-1-1. One one. Um, he just needs to work on that striking more. Because when you fight the top-tier guys, I mean, the boy is only 20 for one. Let's get that through. And the guy he fought was 31. A lot so of room that's to grow. A lot of room to grow. So he got a long way. He got to keep fighting. He got to keep working. But, yes, his stand-up game will need to improve if he wants to, you know, be a part of the – some of the best in the UFC because you can see a lot of potential in the boy. So uh, main card, we get to main card here. And first one is uh, Sean O'Malley versus Eddie Wineland. I know Jordan had picked Wineland, but you and I had went with O'Malley if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it paid off for us. This, this one didn't last too long, man. This was Jordan awesome. said he didn't have enough confidence in Sean O'Malley yet. He said he needed to see more. Uh huh. So, Jordan, I'm gonna ask you, bud. Did you see it? <laughs> because uh, the the knockout and walk off at the Ooh. end, and he he it was like he was talking directly to Jordan. Do you see me now? <laughs> hey, hey, he did. The dude. All right. As soon as he knocked him down, you know how most of the time, as soon as you get somebody on the ground, you'll go over and start just hammer fisting him or something like yeah. that. Didn't even have to do it. Ref called it right then and there. As soon as the as soon as homeboy landed, <laughs> it was over. It was like, crazy. Said, all right. Cause yes. I'm sitting here watching. I'm like, dog, man, like, woo, and 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 that's great. That's what happened when in the UFC, like, you expect some fights to, you know, have some link to them. Mm-hmm. And you see these guys do that instant bang, shock of a knockout. So, yeah. know, you'd be like, whoa, because yeah. you got to remember the UFC cards. If you actually think about, it, it's not that many fights. I mean, the main card only has five fights, mm-hmm. and that will end it in a minute. So we're like, oh, okay, okay, this is what we're coming with. So Sean O'Malley, he's just going to keep working his way up to he, I mean, the banner weight. Um, he's, he's bad. 
Yeah, he, he's going to be – I could see him being a, being a superstar here soon. He's, he's got all the flair, all the show time to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's – I don't know, something about him, he, he, he draws you in. So Yeah, um, and, and like, and like and I we, saying, we thought that was going to be the knockout of the night, and we'll, we'll go into oh it here in a second. But, which, is, which is funny because it looked like to me the performance of the night just kept going up and up mm-hmm. <laughs> and up. But – We'll get to that one next. Uh, yes. After this one, because you have the Neil Magny fight versus Anthony Rocco Martin. So, what you thought about that one, Tom? Uh, it was all right. It, out of the main card, it was probably – I know you missed this one, but um, if you had to miss one fight, it was that one. It, it went distance, um, pretty back and forth. Uh, Magny was having a tough time in the first, but I think in the second and third, he um, ended up improving his game, landed more strikes, and um, you know, was a little bit more aggressive. So, I think that's why they ended up giving him – um, the edge overall. So didn't miss much on that one. We can just skip straight to the uh, Sterling and Sanhagen, though. And, uh, man, another you and I got another, another pick right on that one, man. Yeah. I, I, I loved Sterling in this. Man, he came out on fire. Oh, my gosh. He came aggressive because he, he has been talking about him being in contention for the championship anyway. He kept yeah. saying, I need to be in contention. I need to be a part of – I need to be in the championship fight. Well, what a way to make your case, young bud. Because, exactly. boy, he came out on fire, and then he made him t- – I mean, he knocked him down for one. And a guy mm-hmm. that uh, – this is a black belt. This is a black belt back uh, – Cody Corey Sanhagen is a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and he made him tap. And not only did he make him tap, it happened a minute and 28 seconds. Do we know who we're talking about? So – It was cool, I don't, I'm going to say you this. I don't agree – with Peter Yan, uh, Peter Yan versus uh, Jose Aldo being the championship, because Jose Aldo has lost his last two fights. He just got down to bantamweight, and he's zero one in bantamweight, and he's right now about to fight for the championship. Mm. I, I don't agree with that. Right. And then he's ranked number six, I think six or seven. So I don't know why he's fighting for the championship anyway. So but there if we go anybody again needs to be questionable exactly. calls, that hey, another Dana White uh-huh. business thing, yep, but. Yep. Another story, mm-hmm. but if anybody should be fighting for a championship, it's all Jermaine Sterling, and there's no he, question. Man, there's that no was question. cool. He he, he really no did, man. It, it was cool the way he fought that. He jumped on his back. I was like, oh snap, what's this guy doing? All of a sudden, he get, he gets that like kind of figure forward leg lock around the dude's yes. waist, gets <laughs> gets his arm under his chin, and it was ob. Your so. rear naked choke. Oh my gosh, and I'm gonna tell you right now. I tr- I'm looking at it now, and I say the bantamweight made a case on being a top division. In the UFC, let's I mean, get to that next one, man. It, it's it, it gets better. This is the best one by far. The uh, Asuncion <laughs> yeah. and Garbrandt, right? Yes, yes. Asuncion versus Cody Garbrandt, Rafael Asuncion. And boy, oh my gosh! Like, and the, the more we keep talking, and <laughs> you look like the more the night kept going on. I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, you gotta remember, there's only five fights on this main card. This card was done by, I mean, when did the card start? What time this thing started? It started at 10 o'clock. It's, it started like 6.15, 6.30? Or are you or, talking about the main the card? card? The, main, the card. main card started at 10. Yeah, 10. And and it was done by by at least, you know. It's around not, 12 because Nunez took a little while. So Yeah, yeah. they took yeah they took a little while. Mm-hmm. But All we'll get rounds. that one. Yeah, yeah, but they were more of like <laughs> they were more of playing around. But Yikes. if you wanted, if she wanted to finish it, she could easily finish it. But we'll get yeah. that. But yes, these fights was happening quick, and uh-huh. did, and I'm not gonna lie, I had a Sonsiao winning the first round. I had him winning the first round, 
The second round was up in air. You didn't have a win in the first round? I, I don't know. Well, I, to be honest with you, like the the way – well, I don't know, man. He, he just – it was it was a little bit of this. Each each of them were trying to figure each other out. I mean, they were Not both kind of landing touch. them. Um, yeah. It could have been – I don't know. It was, it was pretty close, honestly. It could have been like a, a toss-up, I felt like. But, it could have um, been a toss-up. But, yeah, when it got to the end of that round, obviously we saw what happened. And Boy. right before the bell rang, ding, ding. It was over. Like, I'm not going to lie. I did not expect to see that happen because when I saw the punch, I was like, oh, that happened at Bell. Because I've seen that happen before in a fight. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who it was. See, I've never seen it. Uh, not live, I wanna, at least. I want to say it was Michael Besping and Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. And every, Anderson Silva hit him right at the bell. And everybody was like, the fight's over, the fight's over. But he hit him after the bell. Now, they said Bisping could barely move. Like, he was barely moving. But he got up. And the fact that, that he was able to get they said he was able to get to his corner and able to do the, the things through protocol, he can still fight. Yeah. He was able to do it. And, hey, he, he went back out there and he beat Anderson Silva. And everybody was like, no, he got knocked out at the buzzer. And you look at it, if that happened during the fight, it would have been over with. But it was literally right there at the buzzer. It was right before. And I, thought, and I thought the same thing was about to happen here. Now, I was like, oh, Cody caught him. Yeah. Dang. And when I saw it happen right before, I was like, what a phenomenal punch and what a way to come off a three-fight skid. I mean, he lost his last three fights. And I don't know if you were listening to his coaches talk in the corner, but they kept talking about no emotion. I'm no emotion. Don't go in there with a lot of emotion because that's the reason why he lost his last three. Mm-hmm. He'd come in there, and when he started getting a brawl, he'd like he'll start punching with no defense. He'll let his guard yeah. down. He just start throwing punches, and a guy catch him. And I had a feeling uh, Asuncion was going to do that because it felt like Asuncion was trying to bait him in. It, that would have felt like to me. But Cody got – I mean, it was the opposite. As long as y'all got baited in by Cody. Yeah. He was very technical with it. I'll give him that. Like, he he, he did exactly that. He didn't show an emotion. He – I don't know. Like I said, they like, they were they were each trying to get a read on one another for the longest time. Like, it was it was a pretty were. slow round one until the end there. Like, each of them kind of started hauling off and getting some hits in. And, you know, ultimately, you know, like you said, right before the bell, um, over. You know, and lucky for Asuncion – um, if this had happened after the bell, he wouldn't have been able to fight, bro. No, like, can we talk about how devastating that punch stool. was? He couldn't even sit on a stool, bro. Like the man <laughs> couldn't even sit still. That's how devastating that punch was. That was that. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. That that's I'm crazy. See a dead body. And, like, and like I was saying, the bantamweight had made a case on why it would have a, to be one of the best divisions in all the UFC. I mean, obviously. Everybody knows about the UFC lightweight division. I mean, you got names upon names. I like Warriors, these guys, man. These the, and all these. Oof. But yes, then you got the middle, uh, middleweight, uh, heavyweight starting to make sl- some small cases. But mm-hmm. that weight made a big time case on being one of the best divisions in the UFC. So yes, I can't, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I really want to see what's going, who's going to win the championship fight. And who they're gonna have fight in the championship? Because a lot of people are thinking that Aljamain Sterling should automatically get the next fight, and which he should. I think he's, he yeah, should I think be he's in line. Earned that. He's earned that. He should be in line. Yes. 
So uh, the final match of the night was uh, was old, was the you know the main event here. It was uh, Amanda Nunez versus Felicia Spencer. Um, Amanda Nunez came in here as a large, large favorite. And Big time favorite. She showed it. I mean, it, it's just it was simply put, it was domination. Um, everything ran through her. She controlled the whole fight. Um, t- hats off to Felicia for hanging in. But, um, you know, and I can respect that, you know, being able to take shots and, and still hang in there. You know, it's all about that, you know, keeping your dignity and everything like that. But, man, she she took a beat down. It, it was bad for her the whole time. Let me tell you something. I feel – I'm look, her husband, I don't know what he must be looking at or what he was mm-hmm. doing. He must have got some of that Las Vegas drinks uh, the night before because for him not to stop the fight for his wife is sad. Um, yeah. And you're talking about an advantage. I mean, a better pit down a million dollars and Amanda Nunes was going to win. And he won back uh, 166000 That's how confident he is. And I'm, I was that confident. I, I literally said in the last podcast, we shouldn't even have a discussion about this fight because, for one, <laughs> I saw no, no chance Spencer had yeah. against Amanda. And we saw it was – I'm not going to lie. It was, it was painful to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean – it was just a destruction all yeah. over. You're talking about taking shot after shot after shot. And this girl is like, it, and it's, it was like she just stopped fighting the her normal way. And she was just trying to brace up for punches. Her it legs, her body, her head, everything was getting hit. Yeah, it was getting hit. It was sad. It was really yeah. sad to watch. But everybody asked the question on who could beat Amanda Nunes. I knew Amanda Nunes has beaten – Holly Holmes, mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey, Chris Cyborg. She has beaten this next opponent I'm about to speak of, which is Valentina Shevchenko, who has, who is right now the uh, flyweight champion. No, sorry. Let me get this correct. But she is currently a champion right now mm-hmm. in um, the UFC. And she moved down. She moved down um, mainly – because yes, I'm sorry. She is. That's, I'm correct. She is the flyweight champion. Yes. So she okay. currently is the flyweight champion. She used to be the featherweight champion until uh, her Amanda Nunes they fought, and Amanda Nunes in that featherweight championship she had beat her a second time. But now, as everybody looks at it, if you go back and watch that second fight, Shevchenko, she was throwing it on Amanda. Like mm-hmm. I did not think Amanda won that fight at all. I don't know how she won it. But they gave her the win, and they asked Dana about, would you ever see a third fight between the two? And Dana was like, no, because Nunes have already beaten her twice. And I think that's the best opponent that can beat her. I don't see anybody else beating Amanda Nunes. And, uh, you know, Shevchenko has great kickboxing. She is known for her kickboxing. Her stand-up game is phenomenal. But Mm -hmm. if they did fight again, I think Nunes would have to take it to the ground um, because Nunes wrestling looked much better. Her ground game looks much yeah. better against Spencer. I mean, she it was like her decision on not trying to stop it. You know, you just saw it. She was like, I'm fighting I'm fighting to get my money's worth. You know, I just want to have me some fun. You know, because she probably hadn't fought in forever. And she's back in the atmosphere again. Mm-hmm. I know without fans. But, you know, being in that octagon with that type of pressure, it's still the pressure because you still – this is this is it. This is like – uh, the game, you know, it's the game. It's without fans, but it's still the game. Yes. And she, she still had to go out there and accomplish what she needed to do. And it just felt like 
this woman right here is the best woman fighter, and she's making a great case to be the best. Yeah, like my, my dad was man, like, she she could be, you know, grown men. Honestly, not. Yes. I don't know about you know people in the UFC or not, but like people like me, yeah, she could she could be. <laughs> honestly, so so yeah, you know, I might so, have to on that girl. She was she was uh she was very intimidating, but um, yeah, overall a great a great card. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed you know, watching those, um, the matches I was able to watch, especially, you know, the main card was awesome. But, um, but yeah, well, any other uh, final thoughts before we, uh, before we end the show? Um, no, I'm excited to see a lot more things happening in the sports and we're going to yeah. constantly keep it going. So. Yes, it was, it was a pleasure as always. And it's a great, it's great. We got the new graphics up TNT podcast officially got those updated on uh, Apple podcast and Spotify. Let's and go, Twitter. TNT. So, Yes, yeah, so you have to look it up. TNT Podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. Be sure to like, subscribe, download those, share it with your friends, and then you can also follow us on Twitter at the TNT Podcast. All right, guys. So the new name TNT and everything. Podcast. Exactly, man. It's 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 uh it's explosive like TNT, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, yes. we coming at you. We coming for all the podcasts. Bring it on. Yes, I'm sir. Running. Yes, sir. It's it's been a pleasure. But you guys stay safe. Like I said, share it with your friends. And it's uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, guys.